Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we're going to hear about a bookshop that is in need of assistance. The Dawn Treader Bookshop is located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where they've been selling used and rare books since 1976. Over the years, it has grown from a tiny basement shop to a spacious storefront offering over 70,000 titles. The shop offers scholarly books in the sciences and humanities, modern first editions including science fiction, fantasy and mysteries, and early travel and exploration. However, like almost all bookshops around the world, the Dawn Treader is closed at the moment due to the restrictions to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus. This means that the future of the business is now in serious doubt and the shop has launched a GoFundMe appeal to raise money to ensure its survival. We're joined by Africa Schaumann from the the Dawn Treader in Ann Arbor. Africa is the manager. Welcome, Africa. Hello. Thank you, Richard, for having me on your um, podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. So, um, firstly, can you you describe the shop and, and the business to us? Well, the shop itself, I, uh, the Doctor Who fans would uh, understand this reference. I, I refer to it as a TARDIS. We have a very modest storefront uh, that looks very unassuming from the outside. And when you first walk in, it would be easy to assume that there's not 70,000 books in this place. No way. However, I have what I call the wow corner. And as you enter the store and you go up and you hit the wow corner, you see that there's a great expanse. The bookstore goes far back, much farther back. And uh, my favorite thing to do if a new customer comes in who hasn't been there before is take them to the wow corner. And once they get there, of course, well, they say, wow. (laughs) And I say, well, that's in that way, we're like a TARDIS. We're bigger on the inside. Uh, And what then happens is I introduce the person to that corner and then I don't see him again for two hours. <laughs> I don't see him again until they come up with about 15 books in their arms. Right. I think we so, all know that feeling. <laughs> it's just this great expanse. It's very labyrinthian as a way, uh, as a word I've heard attributed to it. Now, uh, Ann Arbor is a, is a college town, isn't it? It's a small town with a big university. That is absolutely right. We are a small town with a big university, but we are also a book town. We uh, we even have a book society, which distributes maps. We, uh, the Don Trader is not the only bookshop in Ann Arbor. We are, in fact, one of, I believe, seven uh, either new, uh, new or used, but all independent bookstores. So uh, the bookstores in this town are very much symbiotic with each other in that you know, I know some of the inventory of the store, you know, a couple blocks away, as well as some of the inventory of the store a couple blocks the other way. And I know that if we don't have something, I can recommend a customer or patron to go to the bookshop down the street. So we're all very uh, dependent on each other and very symbiotic. So in the state of COVID-19, as you said, all these bookshops around the world are closed. Just in our small city, um, seven of them aren't up and running right now. So, you know, bookshops are definitely in dire straits during this period. So can, can you describe what your current situation is in terms of being able to sell any books and also the, really the overheads uh, uh, and the situation with, with your employees at the moment? 
Well, yes. So as any um, small book store owner or manager um, knows, you always are operating on a slim margin. And that was true before there was a global pandemic. And so we were operating on slim margins before. And so in the absence of foot traffic, that's, that's what's really important to our store is the foot traffic. Um, we aren't an online shop, really. We have had to shift um, during this period to becoming more online where, uh, in the sense that people email us lists of maybe 10, 15 books and say, do you have any of these books? And if you do, I'll buy them from you. But that, um, as, it, as it impacts the business, that really doesn't compare at all to the experience of the store. Um, the foot traffic, I could, you know, to give you an idea, whereas we could usually count on 50 to 70, you know, 50 to 70 transactions a day, we are now down to five to 10, just answering email inquiries and filling those. So our business model is greatly depleted. But what we're really losing right now is the commerce of community. And that's, that's where the Don Shredder is in Ann Arbor. That's the meaning that the Don Shredder has, is that it's not necessarily a place you have to come in and buy something, although people do. It's a place you can come and feel safe, comfortable, have the entire sensory experience, as any book lover knows, of touching the spines as you walk down the aisle, of sniffing the air and going, oh, books, um, of being in a place that's well-lit and warm and welcoming and comforting and having your soul fed in that space. And so that's what we're really missing out on by being closed, is providing that experience to the community, which is an experience we've been providing for, um, you know, since 1976. And uh, your employees, how, how, many, how many people do you employ? We usually, we usually employ uh, seven people. You know, we don't compare to the, the hundreds of people that, you know, a Powell's um, in Portland, you know, employs or John King in Detroit uh, employs or the Strand in New York City employs. But, yeah. you know, our meaningful little group that we have here is made up of some award-winning authors, um, MFA grads uh, from the university. Uh, thankfully, supplied, the university has supplied us with some brilliant minds and, you know, genuinely good people that, unfortunately, I'm not able to employ right now because I, I don't have the um, overhead to pay them. And so they are also trying to seek work, looking at unemployment. Because they're brilliant, creative minds, they set up a, a, what they call an underground Dawn Shredder page where they write articles and little stories and fictions about the store and try to get sponsorships from it. So, you know, they're, they're kind of fending for themselves, but I feel uh, at a loss for being for being able to um, provide them with work because they simply can't pay them. Right. Now, the, the, the GoFundMe, you, you've set up a page and you're hoping to raise $150,000. How is the appeal going so far? We, I'm very grateful to see a steady stream of support and donations um, coming in. Right now, we are at just about um, $11,000 of that $150,000 goal, which is um, slow going, but not discouraging. 
uh, we would, uh, because we are feeling the, the squeeze and we're feeling um, the squeeze on our bank account and, and, you know, desperation of that, we would like to see, you know, it pick up at some point, uh, hopefully soon, just so we have some, uh, some assurance uh, that we'll be able to be here. Right now, the purpose of the GoFundMe is more preservation of the store. Um, rent paying the, the few people I'm able to pay, um, rent, utilities, maintenance, uh, all those um, ancillary costs that go into, you know, caring for a property. So what... Uh, what my goal with the GoFundMe is, like I said, it's preservation. It's, it's ensuring that when the state opens back up, and Michigan is the state that's been hit particularly hard by um, COVID, um, and the closures have been particularly strict. So I just want to ensure that when the state reopens, and we know it will at some point, um, but when it does, that the store is still here that we can continue the legacy um, as an Ann Arbor institution that we've had for so long, that so many people have worked toward, um, so many people have contributed to, uh, both patrons and employees, uh, just, to, just to make sure what, on the day when the state reopens, we can open our door to the spring air and someone can walk in, take a big whiff and go, <gasps> books. <laughs> hmm. So we can resume that that commerce of community, that, that in-person um, engagement convivium that takes place when you're in a, in your, when you're in a safe place and uh, your soul is being fed. And that's what we really want to continue to provide to the community. So our GoFundMe is to preserve that. So you've mentioned community several times now. In a college town like Ann Arbor, how, how do you fit in? Are you serving the students? Are you serving bibliophiles? Are you serving the academics or, or all of the above? All of the above. Definitely all of the above. We have, you know, as we call them here in Ann Arbor, townies, you know, the, the people, the folks who have always lived in the town and grew up here or have lived here for, you know, a couple decades or more. We have... Um, the townies, we have the academics, we have equal patronage from professors as we do from students. Uh, one of my uh, favorite things to hear is um, someone come in and they have younger children. And it's usually because it's University of Michigan, a game day, a football game day. Right. We get a nice flow of people, foot traffic in the store, but I hear, you know, watch someone come in and they go, they, you know, lean down to their son or daughter and go, this was my haven when I was in college. This was my favorite place to be when I was in college. I would spend hours here when I was in college. So we, uh, we serve this like multi-generational, uh, we represent something, a, a haven, a safe place, a, you know, a, a treasure trove to generations of people that in, in so far as they introduce their kids to it. Um, we've had parents come in during orientation for their students at their, their, their children at the university and say, you know, I had to bring my kid here because when I was at university, when I was in university, this is where I was at. And I know that this is somewhere I want my kid to spend time while they're here. So just when you look at the broad picture of what a place can represent to individuals and the community, 
there's a definite space that the Dawn Shredder inhabits in Ann Arbor. Right. I have a feeling that you're, well, I know you're not alone. Um, have you heard <laughs> from other bookshops, other used bookshops in a similar situation? I haven't spoken to any of the other used bookshops in town yet. Uh, there was a store, um, or is a store, Literati, which received um, great attention at the start of the quarantine. They are a new, a new bookstore just around the corner from us. Who they, they put out a call for donations and reached their goal within a couple days. Um, so I know they're safe, but I do... I do wonder about some of the other shops in town that are used, um, might have a different business model, and are also reliant on a kind of slow trickle of online orders. Um, I'll have to ask after them because because I'm sure there are other places that are possibly struggling. Like I said, there are at least six or seven bookstores in Ann Arbor. Right. I have talked. I have talked to some other um, book scouts. They're part of the, you know, the book community, yeah. uh, hearing what they have to say about some other stores. And the general consensus is just that everyone's struggling and no one quite knows how to navigate it because most used bookstores aren't, they don't have an online shop. And uh, they're very much reliant on that in-person foot traffic, uh, you know, giving them the experience of the store, um, which is very different from clicking buy now. And with you know having that ability to provide that space to people um that being impeded their business is definitely hard hit as our as is ours so apart from the making a, a gofundme donation how can people help you can they do uh orders on the telephone can they do curb curbside pickup things like that yes absolutely uh the main apparatus we have been using for online or, or for ordering has been to direct people to uh, email us at dawnshredderbooks at gmail.com with a list of their inquiries and uh, perhaps a phone number to reach them back at so we can let them know what's available and then take payment over the phone. Another option is to purchase a gift certificate. Uh, we've had many gift certificate purchases uh, which is available through uh, the website shop.dontreaderbooks.com. Uh, there's an option to choose the denomination that you want and pay through uh, that method. We can uh, do curbside pickup. So if they're local within the area, we are asking people to offer to just come up to the storefront. We're all trying to be very sanitary about it and keep a distance. They can pay over the phone and we can just hand them the bag and they can be on their merry way with their new books. Okay, all right. Um, now we uh, one one last question, and we ask everyone what book or books they're currently reading. I don't know about you, but I'm actually finding reading difficult <laughs> under these circumstances because my attention span seems to have completely deteriorated. But anyway, what book or books are you currently reading? Well, I, I can definitely identify with, it's a little bit hard to focus on the printed page right now, <laughs> Yeah. especially when there's the, the allure of panic scrolling through every news report that says this is abysmal. I would encourage people not to do that, and if they can, to pick up a book. Um, I'm, I'm escaping in another way into a perhaps worse reality. I'm reading the News Flush trilogy, 
by Mira Grant. It is zombie literature, because why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it takes, it's a chronicle of uh, a team of young reporters who are, you know, just reporting on the landscape of a zombie-infested world where, in fact, everyone is infected with the zombie virus. It's only a matter of time or aggravation, i.e. getting bitten or scratched or something that activates the zombie virus and causes the, the change. Um, but it's, it's a world, it's an um, alternate universe, not too dissimilar to ours, you know, with the exception of people eating each other, uh, where you, everywhere you go, you have to be tested before you enter the grocery store, you have to be tested. Are you positive or, you know, is, is the gene in you active or could you contaminate others or could you turn or, or um, whatever. But it's also interesting on a, a kind of political commentary, social commentary standpoint, uh, a standpoint, which I think is true of a lot of good zombie literature. Uh, Max Brooks's World War Z, for example. Right. It's a great commentary on what happens when the tables are flipped when all of a sudden the people we thought were so inconsequential, the plumbers, the, you know, the, the plumbers, the grocery store workers, all these people who we just kind of didn't pay much attention to or didn't give much credit to are now the ones who are, you know, teaching celebrities how to <laughs> fix the most basic things in their homes. Yeah. And they're the most valuable, essential people. <laughs> so I kind of see it as uh, a, a reflection as, um, a reflection of the times that we're in now and maybe it being zombies makes the whole thing a little bit more digestible right. if you excuse the pun <laughs> uh, and what, what was the name of the trilogy new new flesh news flesh like uh, yeah like a news story news okay. flesh and the author was? by mira the author is mira grant m-i-r-a-g-r-a-n-t okay it's a lot of fun. It's very nerdy. I think the original, I think the case zero takes place at Comic-Con in San Diego. <laughs> so you have like Jedi's fighting off zombies. So it's fun, but she did a lot of research into virology when she went into, um, you know, world building this. So it, it, it's fun. It's, it's thorough and, as I said, makes things a bit more digestible now if you see it as a reflection of our current circumstances and how society is structured. Lovely. All right. uh, Thank you. That's all we have uh, time for today. I want to say many thanks to Africa Schaumann from the Dawn Treader Bookshop in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, thank you so much, Richard, again for having me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, best of luck. Um, We do hope that things get better for you. Um, So you can find their uh, page on gofundme.com and search for keeping the dawn treader afloat keeping the dawn treader afloat um, and we encourage everyone to to make a donation hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you again next time